This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Selkie, from the locker room to the boardroom. Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drive results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll be a better person and a better leader, coach, athlete, parent, or spouse because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking, where we are in season nine entitled The Power of a Word. In this season, we are exploring words that high performers in all different kinds of domains have sought to integrate into the very fabric of how they operate and how they show up, right? Understanding that these words drive the high performance behaviors that leads them to successful outcomes in sport, in business, in life, in relationships. And today I have with me two of my my best friends, some of my longest friends, and certainly um, some of the biggest supporters in my own professional career and development, Brendan Scott and Andy Tuitt. Guys, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being with me. Thanks, Amber. Pleasure being with you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Awesome. So, you know, again, just here at the Selkin Performance Group, we're all about helping individuals, teams, and organizations really understand and leverage the power of mindsets and leadership to unleash performance excellence. And so, you know, over the course of the last tool, geez, how many years has it been now? 14 years that I've been doing this word of the year since uh, undergrad at Notre Dame. Um, I've really started to, to recognize that when we pick a word of the year, focus on a, a word throughout the course of an entire year, it literally starts to build a mindset, right? A patterned way of thinking, a protein pattern that changes the form and function of our brain and helps us show up differently. And so in this season, we are looking at all these different words that individuals have chosen to, to wire into their lives. And so today we're going to hear from, again, Andy and Brendan about the words that they've selected for 2021. I know that all of our guests this this year haven't chosen a word of the year, but aside from Red Moss, who you all got to meet my spiritual mentor a couple weeks ago um, in this season, these two, these two guys have been with me longer on this word of the year journey than anybody else. And so I was so excited to have them on to share their words and to talk about just the impact that this, this journey that we've been on as for word of the year has had on their lives historically. And then looking forward into 2021, the words that they've chosen and and why they've chosen it. So before we go too much further, you know, Brendan, I would love for you to just share again, you've been doing this with me for however many years now. Do you remember how many years you've been doing a word of the year? I don't remember the exact number, but it's, it's been over five. Yeah. So, so why are you still doing it? Right. Because you are, I mean, you're, I, shoot, we should do introductions first. Look at this, right? I get so excited about talking about these things. Tell the world who you two are. Brennan, you kick us off. Who are you? What do you do? And then Andy, we'll go over to you. And then we're coming back to this question. Sure. First of all, my connection to Andy is we were both, um, we were both students in the Notre Dame MBA program in 1999 and, and graduated in 2000. Um, so I've known Andy for about 10 years. And then we had the great pleasure of meeting you, Amber, about 10 years ago. I want to say it was at a USC game. I want to say it was at the 2011 Notre Dame USC game. And I say 2011 because it was about 10 years ago and USC typically plays in South Bend on 
odd number of years. So that's why I'm going to say hey, 2011. Do you know that he's a Notre Dame fan yet? Okay. Cool. <laughs> Got it. Note. <laughs> um, and so who am I? I'm, I'm, I'm a former uh, chief financial officer of a, um, a family owned business called Nat Sherman. And then myself and my partner, Michael Herkotz, just started our own cigar venture at the end of last year, beginning of 21, called Ferriotego, which is a cigar-based venture startup. Awesome. Yeah, B. Scott is like the residential CFO of Selking Performance Group here for all of his, all of his um, money insights and wisdom and the you know the work that he's done at Nat Sherman over the years has just been spectacular. And we're so excited for your new venture, breaking out his own in the cigar world. And so uh, whenever we have our tailgates or football parties or family get-togethers, uh, you can always guarantee that we've got some great cigars handy thanks to you. So uh, excited, excited to see what the next brands bring along. Andy, how about you? Yeah, so uh, on this journey, so I uh, met, uh, was lucky enough to meet Brendan and his wife, Jennifer, back in 99. Uh, as Brendan said, we went to school together, graduated 2000, and then road trips and adventures continued from there, and was lucky enough to meet you, Amber, and, and a bunch of your crew, and uh, just have always had a good time uh, catching up and taking different adventures and road trips and football games. Um, was definitely at that game in 2011 that Brendan mentions, you know, but, but, but a great, great trip along the way, went back to Notre Dame, get my MBA in finance and happened to work in the uh, institutional sales business, working in the asset management side. And I deal with the uh, public pension and corporate pension community kind of around the country, uh, trying to just help them in their asset allocations to meet future liabilities for their pensioners. So that's a little bit on what I, what I do, but uh, just uh, again, really happy to be here today. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. And and you know what I love about this? I think sometimes people can think like, oh, word of the year, what a soft, fluffy, like little thing to do. Well, the work that you guys do, right, as numbers guys and in the business world from the East Coast, right? We got a New Jersey, both New Jersey guys over there. Um, and, and I think people can think that, oh, this is a, a soft, fluffy endeavor. But again, B, you said you've been on, you've been doing this word of the year thing for five years to it, probably somewhere close to that as well. Why have you stayed, stayed the course so long? What impact have you found this, this experience have on how you show up as a leader, as a husband, as a father, as an influencer in the world? Because I think it's the perfect solution. I was terrible at New Year resolutions. I don't really believe in New Year's resolutions because I think they're temporary. And, you know, by the middle of January, you forget what they were, or you stop doing it. And I like to try to be um, self-reflective. And so I think just really thinking through the word and just the process of trying to identify what a good word to focus in on is just a great and cleansing experience. And I just find it to be something that endures as opposed to for whatever reason, you know, New Year's resolutions just didn't endure for me. And so the word of the year does. And so it just resonates with me. That's awesome. Andy, how about you? Anything to add to that from your perspective of why you've chosen to engage in this journey with me over these last several years? Um, I think first, for me right away is, is it keeps me uh, connected with a group of people that I really enjoy, a thoughtful group that we kind of push each other to, to be our best, but also to think through things and uh, check in throughout the year on how we're doing, just how we're doing mentally, what we're thinking about, what we're doing, and just being able to think about a word that is important to my business, my life, my family. It's, it's something where you can kind of say, what's a word that I can come back to during the year? How am I doing with that? And how's everything look at home? How's everything look at work? And uh, and those type of things. And, and like I said, one of the other things, it, it keeps me connected with a group of folks that I really enjoy spending time with. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I think sometimes we over we we might overlook that, right? Brendan and I were both nodding our heads on this Zoom call. We've got to be like, yeah, man, that's right. It does keep us connected. It's something we all look forward to doing together every year and kicking off. And and I think that, you know, as we are on this journey of high performance, whatever that looks like in your life, having that support system, right? Those people around you that believe in you, that fight for you, that challenge you, that help you get better and stay sharp. I think that's such a critical element. And and you're right. This actually this has been sort of a linchpin, a, a, one of the linchpins, right? Notre Dame football for sure is a linchpin for us. Um, but, but this has been one that's added a whole other element to that. And I think that's a, that's a really astute point. So I'm glad you added it. You know, I, I, and to that point, I just want to say too, you know, I just want to say thank you to both of you guys public. I tell you this all the time, but I, I want all of our listeners around the world to know just how grateful I am for the two of you and, and how much you've met in my life. You know, I remember, um, when I left my first corporate job and went back to grad school and, you know, told you guys what I was going to do, you know, I was going to be a men's performance coach for college football. And I was going to build a facility and train people physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and have this whole network of greatness where we, you know, do leadership retreats with business professionals and have them mentor our athletes and then have our athletes mentor low low SES kids and communities and, and build a pipeline. And you guys were like, yeah, that's awesome. Let's do it. And, you know, when I had that dream and that vision, you two have been two of the biggest supporters and believers and not just like, oh yeah, go do it. Like, okay, awesome. What's the plan? What do you need? Have you thought about this? Are you doing this? Let me connect you to so-and-so. And so, you know, I think that one, just a huge thank you, because I think I, a lot of people are like, nah, you're crazy. Right. And, uh, if you listen to too many of those people, you can let go of the dream, but you two have been just fuel on that dream since the, since the day, you know, I conceived it and I'm just super thankful for, for that. And for all of you, for both of you and, you know, we'll see how it continues to unfold. Right. All right, Brennan. So let's, let's, uh, let's start with you. Um, what is your word for 2021 and why did you select that word? So my 2021 word is uh, sustainability. And the reason for it is twofold, um, from both a business perspective as well as from a personal perspective. From a business perspective, it just fit. You know, as a startup venture, my partner, Michael Herklotz, and I are completely aligned in terms of when we're making decisions, it's just us. Um, we don't have any outside investors. So, you know, we have finite resources. There's, we don't have any employees. It's just us, we, you know, in terms of finances. And so when we make decisions in terms of how to deploy capital, how to manage risk, um, how to ma- manage profit in terms of should we swing for the fences or should we shoot for a, a high floor, we're completely aligned is that what we're ultimately aiming for is long-term success and sustainability. We, you know, we're not out for short-term profit. We're not out for it to be transactional. We're trying to build a long-term model in the cigar industry where a lot of our friends are and we know a lot of people. So um, sustainability just really fit well for us from a business perspective because that's how we make decisions every day. And we meet in person at least two or three times a week. On the personal side, my wife Jennifer and I have a 17-year-old and a 19-year-old. And I think the word also fit from a personal perspective because actually you know obviously they're getting mature and going through a wide range of experiences and decisions and um, as all the parents out there know sometimes it's difficult in terms of when to determine when to get involved you know when to help to influence a decision or versus when to you know stand down and so I also think about sustainability from that perspective 
is, you know, don't want to micromanage their lives, um, but also, you know, want to make sure that they're on track. And ultimately, you know, my goal is to have a sustainable long-term relationship with them. So sustainability fit that too. And at the end, hopefully they come out to be, you know, good adults and good human beings at the end. And so it just seemed to fit from a personal perspective too, in terms of managing the personal dynamics, especially with my children. Yeah. I love that. You know, and I think in both scenarios too, what I, what I hear that the word is offering is it's almost like a decision-making lens too. You know, if we're, if we're going to make a decision on how we deploy capital, I mean, is it sustainable? Is this going to build sustainability into our business model? If it's not, then guess what? We're not going to do it. If it is, then we will. And so I love that as a gauge. And then too, and it related with your kids, right? It, It helps you decide how, when, how much, you you know, involvement in these different areas. So I, I love that the the word can also serve as a as a decision making function and yeah. stopgate too. Another thing I didn't mention is you know we're making decisions in terms of when should we do it on our own versus when should we select partners. You know, and and to share in some of the profit and also share in the risk. So in terms of do it your own or or to have partners. You know, what's what's what makes the most sense for the long term and you know, deciding who those partners are, those types of decisions that we're, you know, going through every day. And and is that concept of sustainability and that mindset really, because the more you think about sustainability, again, it's just a thought, it builds a mindset. Is that mindset something that you've had throughout the course of, of your entire career? Or is that something that is becoming more salient to you now as a, as an entrepreneur? I think it's more salient right now, Amber, just because between Michael and myself, we're making the decisions. You know, whereas in the past, I think I was more of an influencer, a recommender, but ultimately it was the business owner's decision, right? And I would give them my best advice and do, you know, my best work to research an issue or what have you to give the best counsel I can. But now, you know, now we're making the decisions and we're making decisions in terms of ultimately the word sustainability is, and we don't explicitly talk about that, but we, what we do explicitly talk about is we want long-term success. And ultimately, you know, another word that we always use is we're, you know, we're in violent agreement that we don't want to be fly by night. We, we, you know, we're building a, a model that will, will endure and, um, and make decisions accordingly. Man, Even I if love, they hurt the short term. Yeah, that's huge. Violent agreement. What a what a critical element to have, particularly, you know, in in a business venture like that, where there's there can be some sensitive moments, right? And capital's a thing. And so that's that's huge. I love it. Um, all right, Andy, what, what do you got for us in 2021? What is the word of the year for Andrew Tuit? Prepare or preparation. Yes. Okay, awesome. Why, why, why is that really uh, on the forefront for you right now? Yeah, I think um, for a number of reasons, but, you know, first and foremost is, you know, in my business uh, every day, I'm on the phone, I'm on email, make calls. But, you know, as you go into that, before I leave this evening, I will write out everything that I need to get done tomorrow, kind of prioritize it, kind of have old school listed out. Um, Certainly your day always goes a little crazy. So you have to have some flexibility in that, that list, but it's, you know, prepare tonight for what I need to get done tomorrow. And then have I done the right preparation? Do I have the right materials I need to put in front of people? Have we thought about what might be impactful to the people we're reaching out to? So it's preparing what, what do they need? What are they thinking about? What can I provide them that could lead to a dialogue? Um, so it's, you know, who's my target audience? 
What am I trying to tell them? What am I trying to deliver? What are my next steps? So it's a lot of preparation, even just going into that call, that email, and then the follow-up that you do from that. But it's all preparing so that hopefully you have an opportunity to work with these folks. But it's all, again, you know, do, do the mental reps, get ready. What might they ask? What might they not ask? And we, we try to prepare for 100 things. And if you can get 99 of them right, you're going to give yourselves opportunities. And there's always going to be one thing that you just can't prepare for. But the more you're ready for, the easier it is that one thing to deal with as well. So, uh, yeah. And this is obvious, I think maybe, but maybe for some people not like, what do you feel like all of that preparation on the front end does for you in the midst of performance? Yeah, it absolutely gives you confidence. You know, the more reps you can do, the more mental reps you can do, uh, the more practice you can do with your team members to be prepared for maybe a big presentation or even just a first intro presentation or even just a phone call. The more that you can go through those, and we do, we practice them as a team. I help lead some of that as far as our practice, the mentoring some of the younger members on our team, of what kind of things they can expect to hear from other folks on the end of, other end of the phone, how to get through those questions or objections, how to address them, how to bring something they, they might not even know they need, but they need it. So how do you do that? How do you, how do you be ready for that? And just the more you can be prepared, the more that you've faced it or, or practiced for it, the better you do when that when you go live and you have that opportunity. Because the opportunities don't always come. So when they do, you want to be prepared. You want to be ready. And it just gives you more and more confidence. Everything almost slows down. And you can actually hear the question as it comes. And you can just stay calm and answer it. When you are not prepared, your heart rate races up. You lose your confidence. You maybe lose some color. You get a little pale white as I would get. When I'm not prepared, and I've been in situations where I'm not prepared, and it can be tough, and it can be embarrassing, and you know your role is to be ready to go when that happens, uh, to be prepared and ready. And if you're not, you feel like you've let your team down, or you let yourself down. So yeah, you know, and I think just from a cognitive standpoint, right from a mental performance standpoint, it's like well, preparation is so important because it allows your brain to think through all these different options. It brings up, oh yeah, this would be a great way to handle that objective or here or objection or here's a story I can input here that I think might really resonate w- with this potential client. And so if you have those things in advance, then when you're in the moment of performance, your brain isn't like searching through the Rolodex trying to figure out what's going on. Like you said, it can really just poise itself to listen to find nuances and moments to, to really capitalize on opportunity. And that's why, you know, in a sports setting, you, you say like, oh, well, yeah, he's a senior. He's seen a lot of games and the game slows down and they're just, they seem so much more mature. And I'm just a firm believer. Like, I don't want to wait till a kid's a senior or wait till you're 20 years into your career to be able to pick up on those nuances. Like if we can figure out the elements that go into high performance and teach them earlier on, then it can really help the brain get oriented, help move things properly into the subconscious versus trying to fill up the conscious from a processing standpoint and a speed of processing. So, you know, I think preparation is so key just to allow us again, to pick up on those nuances in the midst of an, a performance so we can capitalize. And, and that same as sport as it is in your world, you know, Absolutely. the other thing you said that I just wanted to highlight to our listeners is that practice of making that list for tomorrow before you actually leave the office. I think, I think sometimes for high performers or busy people in general, like we don't do that. And then we find ourselves all night when we're at home thinking about 
all of the stuff that we have to do tomorrow and wanting to make sure that we don't miss anything. And then, you know, you're stressed out or you don't sleep well, or you don't really pay attention at dinner with the family. And so I just love that you do that. And, and if you're listening to this right now, I think like that's a really powerful mental performance strategy that at the end of the day, can you reflect, Hey, what's a win that I took away from today? Okay. What do, what's on my list to do tomorrow? And then let me leave that on my desk for whatever reason, the brain just in that moment gets to take a deep breath and says, okay, he or she won't forget that tomorrow. I can chill out. I can go home. I know it's going to be there when I wake up in the morning and I'll be ready to roll. So I love that you do that. That's so great. And it's, there's some pretty incredible stories in the business about, but there are people who, uh, I highlight this, but I know folks who do it. They keep a pad and paper next to their bed. So if they wake up in the middle of the night thinking about something, they write it down so they remember it and they go back to sleep. Because if you don't write it down, you're going to keep waking yourself up during the night. Like you said, Amber, thinking about all these things, because all of our minds are racing. You know, what do I have to do? Am I ready for this? What's next tomorrow? Who do I have to call? The more you can just make sure you cover it, you cover yourself. It does give you that mental break when you go home at night to say, okay, I've covered everything I need to cover today. Had a couple of really things go well. Now, what am I going to focus on tomorrow? What's really important for me to get done tomorrow and prioritize it? And by the way, you're always going to have a call come in that, changes that. So maybe I get five of the 10 things I had to get done, but then tomorrow, the next day that I can prioritize and say, three of these five have to get done today. And, you know, so it's all, you're always scrambling and, and, you know, uh, reprioritizing, but at least go home and say, these are the things I'm going to try to get done tomorrow and focus on, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah, that's good. That's my word of the year is prioritize, right? So every time I hear it, I get excited. I'm like, oh, that's my word. That's my word. (laughs) Um, Brendan, how about you from a preparation standpoint? Is there anything specific that you found over the course of your career from that helps you prepare in a way? And that could be that could be anything. I'll let you think here for a second, but I just want to do a quick shout out. When when we do travel for games, Aaron traveled for a game for the first time with you guys, and he got back and he was like, dude everything's planned. Like we we've got an Uber. We know where we're going to restaurants every night and we've got reservations. Like when he and I do trips, we show up and we're like, okay, like what happens now? Because I'm used to traveling with you two. I just thought all of this greatness just happened. Like, no, you guys are just such good planners that when I show up to make greatness, um, it's the, the, the plan is laid. Now I can just show up. But when you two aren't there and it's just me and Aaron left to our own devices, like our game plan is not nearly as clean and crisp as when you two are running points. So Andy, I, I love that that's your word. I love that you're going to keep getting better at preparation. Cause that just means that all of our, all of our, traveling experiences with you will continue to go flawlessly. (laughs) The the way I would answer your question, Amber, and and I think to use both words is, so we won't be commercial. Our company, Ferriotego, our cigars won't be commercial until June or July because they're aging right now. It typically takes about four months for cigars to age. So um, our partners are aging them in countries like Honduras, Nicaragua, Dominican. So what we're doing right now is we're doing a lot of outreach. We're reaching out to our peers in the industry, other manufacturers, to our customers who are both wholesalers as well as uh, brick and mortar retailers. We're reaching out to our consumers. So we're, we're basically doing our preparation, to use Andy's word, in advance of being commercialization to really try and identify, we have a clean slate here, right? We're a startup. We can do it anyway. And really getting feedback from them in terms of you know, what will help us be sustainable? You know, what did we do in the past that worked that they want us to continue? And, you know, what did we do in the past that we could do better? 
you know, so when we're ready to roll in June and July, you know, we're, we're appealing to them, you know, and so they'll put us on their shelves. And so, you know, we're trying to do our preparation right now to, again, have a long-term sustainable model that, you know, won't just, you know, endure 2021 and 2022, but hopefully will be the cigars of choice for consumers and customers, you know, for the, um, for the foreseeable future. Man, I love that. Right. And I think sometimes as, as leaders or, you know, high performers, we're like, well, we want the outcome now. Like we want to, we want to compete now. We want to sell now. And, and if we can't, we just, we wait, right. Or we get frustrated and man, those are, those seasons are such blessings, right. That you actually get to put in some of that prep work to really till the soil, to water the water, the water, the seeds that you're planting so that when it's go time, right. You've got a lot of solid footing that you can step on in the, in the, growth opportunity from there is just so much bigger potential. And I, I think sometimes we can miss that. So I love that you guys, you know, are seeing this waiting season, oh, four months till we can get a mage. It's you're not cutting corners, right. In the product itself. And you're not getting frustrated. You're really optimizing that waiting season through preparation. And I think, you know, for, for a lot of people, I talked to a lot of grad students, right. Who they're like, oh, I want to, I need to be working. I want to be, I want to be coaching. I wanted to be doing mental performance right now. And I just really stress like, man, learning is doing right now. You are preparing, you are getting really good at your craft. And if you take this season to do that, then when you actually get to do it, you're going to be so much more prepared and, and capable to execute in that moment. Andy, I see you nodding your head. Anything you want to throw in there and add? Yeah, no, I, I think it's just hitting it right on the head. And you know, I, I just think about things we're talking about with uh, sustainability and preparation and all those things, you know, it's all, you know, I, I have a highlight of some things I was looking at when getting prepared for today. And just, you know, that execute in the moment, you know, if you, the more you can prepare, the more mental reps you can do internal practice, external practice, um, it will lead to sustainability. The better you get at it, the more you're prepared. And, you know, you talk about it all the time, about that the thought of executing in the moment, but the more you can visualize, the more you can practice, that moment becomes maybe a little easier, maybe, you know, so. Yeah, no, just, I love it. In, 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 um, you know, in our, you know, pre press record moment of our podcast here, um, you were just sharing some of the stuff that you did to prepare for this, right? Because, and, and it was awesome. Like last week you reached out, you're like, Hey, my word of the year is prepare. I want to make sure I'm prepared for our conversation next week. Like what's our outline, what's the strategy. And, and so maybe share with the listeners, um, what you did to in prep for in prep for this interview and this podcast. And, and then I want to dive into the, one of the examples that you shared with us too, in your business in general, but. Yeah, sure. I think, you know, I, I was thinking about my word and I went back and looked at some things. I was, I was looking at the, uh, uh, you know, the mental minutes and those type of things. And there's some great ones, you know, trust your gut is a great one. Make the best decision with the info you've got. Sometimes people can have uh, paralysis by analysis. You can't, sometimes you've got to take everything you have. You've got to trust your gut and you've got to make a decision and, and execute. Um, so I, I was look, listening to a bunch of those. And then I went all the way back to season one, episode eight. You did a, an episode on mental rehearsal with Lee Becton. And, it, you know, talk about going from the football field and the practice field to, you know, the, uh, a, a, a conference room and, and what you do. And it's, you know, we are always doing mental rehearsal, mental practice, mental reps. And again, that whole idea is if, if we can slow down in our presentations and listen to the other side of the table and not have our mind racing, but be prepared for that. And you can just execute more and more. The game slows down, the meeting slows down and you come with clarity, but you know, it was, yeah. So it was, 
I really enjoyed going back and listening to that season one, episode eight. I think it it hit home with a lot of things that we do to prepare in our business. So, yeah, I think that's such a good point, just from a mental rehearsal standpoint, whether it's you're practicing, you know, football and you're in the playbook, or if you're studying a student and studying for an exam or in business prepping for a client, like it's one thing to read the playbook, to read your notes, to read what's on your sheet for your, about your clients. But it's another thing to then get some mental reps of taking that play and seeing it happening live on the field, right? Like when I'm coaching our guys in terms of how to prep and use their playbook, book study time better. It's like, don't just see the X's and O's on the paper, get in your head, close your eyes, do, do get some mental reps of seeing the opponent on the other side of the field, seeing you in that moment, seeing the play unfold, et cetera. And that just wires into the brain more deeply. Right. And then you, you even shared that you, your team takes it a step further where it's not just mental rehearsal. It's actually simulation prep, right. Where you get in a conference room, tell tell us what it is that you, you guys do from using simulation styles to prepare. Yeah. So, you know, I'll say maybe a half dozen times a year, a dozen times a year, you get lucky enough. You're in what we would call a finals. And when we're, when we're in the finals, you'll be going to a conference room with a large pension fund and you'll sit in the old horseshoe and you'll be in the middle of the horseshoe with maybe 10 to 15 people around you and microphone on. And you might have a partner from your business with you uh, and you walk in and you're going to, you might get 20 minutes, you might get an hour to pitch your business, what you do. And maybe a solution you can provide for them. And they're basically going to judge you, vote vote on you, and yay or nay, they might hire you, they might not. Um, but again, you only get a half dozen to a dozen times a year to do that. So you want to be as prepared as possible. We actually will go into our conference room. Uh, we'll have members of our portfolio team, our investment team, play the role of the CIO or trustee, and they'll be on the other side of the table. We'll film it, and you present as if you're walking into this finals, and you will be grilled with questions. You'll be... Uh, objections, also things that go well. And it's just to, to be able to see how you react in the meeting, your facial expressions. Do you do you stay calm? Do you stay relaxed? Are you making eye contact? Are you engaging with everybody on the other side of the table? You never want to just engage with one person. You can really cost yourself doing that. Um, so you try to identify key players, but you want to make sure you're engaging everybody at the table. Well, yeah, we practice it. And then we actually watch how we did, things that went right, things that went wrong. What can we get better at? And you're always, we, we're, I was on the phone with one of the, one of the guys I work with today, one of the younger guys mentoring him. And just, we were talking about, you know, we constantly have to be getting better um, every day and, and our competition gets better. And so, uh, so those, those mental reps are, are very interesting. And we, you know, again, yeah, like I said, we go right on film, right on camera and do it. That's awesome, man. I feel like you could build a whole practice. You could build a whole mental performance practice around just coaching you guys in that moment. To <laughs> how do you manage your heart rate? How do you manage objections? How do you stay calm? How do you like you know if you get thrown off? How do you get recentered? Proper breathing strategies, you know, proper self talk, all of those fun things that we talk about. Because that, that has to be a intense moment, right? To your point, where you only get maybe six opportunities a year to to get that get something like that across the finish line. But again, that's called simulation training, and it is such a powerful tool that we can use to prepare in advance for a high performance moment. So, and the fact that you watch those to get feedback is that's incredible. So I think that's a great strategy for anybody out there listening ways to incorporate that into your, uh, your business uh, would be phenomenal. And I'll tell you one last thing on that and I won't go too far, but I, um, because of that preparation and, and something that happened one time, which was funny, but so, uh, uh, one of the guys always a mentor at that time said to me, he goes, do yourself a favor. Every time you go into a presentation in the upper right corner of page one, just write breathe relax eye contact and he goes he goes you need to remember to breathe relax and make eye contact 
So, and that's that heart. And and that's what we would call visual cues, right? Because when you're in that moment and something goes wrong or you get thrown off center for whatever reason, you know, the brain, it can go blank. And so those, having those visual cues in the top part of your corner uh, of your paper is a huge way for your, your mind to remember, oh yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And this is what I'm supposed to be thinking about, right? That's why we have our guys write their power statements on their wrist, right? So when they look down, they remember, oh yeah, I'm a beast. Oh yeah. I'm blessed. Oh yeah. I'm from the three, one, two, you know, or what, whatever it might be, whatever they choose to write there to ground them, to center them, to keep them focused. And so that's exactly, that's exactly what that is. I, I love it. I love it. Brendan, I'm just curious, you know, how, what is your decision-making process? Cause I think when, when you're thinking about sustainability, I, I always say there's, there's always two games that you're playing, right? The short game and the long game. And, and some people only play the short game and the, the long game just doesn't matter to them. And, and it's, shows in their business model or long-term sustainability. Um, some people only play the long game and sometimes that, that leads to grinding out that short game or, or maybe not even getting to the long game because they're not wise in how they're playing the short game to even get to the long game. How have you found your just decision, your, your decision-making balance, um, in terms of playing for the long game, but also managing the short game enough to get you there? Yeah. I think I think we're fortunate in that um, our skill sets are very different and very compatible. So I'm great on the finance side, on the forecasting side, in terms of understanding financial position. It can also help with the back office, you know, in terms of legal, insurance, et cetera. My partner Michael is great in terms of product development in terms of really being an expert in cigars. He's definitely a rock star of the cigar industry. Deep relationships, deeper than mine in the cigar industry. And so, you know, our skill sets really fit very nicely together, right? So we ultimately were trying to drive this for what's best for the long term, right? But you have to get to the long term, to your point, right? So we know you know, we have to make some degree of money in the next couple of years just to get to the long term. Otherwise, you know, we're going to have to go do something else to support our families. That said, what we're trying to do is make decisions that ultimately, you know, help do what we need to do in the short term, you know, so we can eat and pay the mortgage. But ultimately, what drives our decision is, you know, what's best for what this is going to look like, you know, three years from now, or more likely five years from now, et cetera. So really what's best for the business five years from now is more important than what's important, you know, in 2021. But, you know, we, we also have to eat in 2021. So so there is a balance. Your, your, your point is very well accepted, but long-term is what's most important, but there is a balance in terms of we have to do things in the short term just to get to the long-term. Otherwise right. there won't be a Future. Right. And I think that that's just so important, uh, you know, for our listeners to think about, you know, what, what is, what's your business model, you know, for your life, for your career, for your family, you know, and, and understand there's always two games at play and at different seasons, maybe one, one is higher priority than the other, but at least be intentional about it. Right. And don't let, and, and really be mindful of how you're stewarding the the current and the, the short term and the long term, so you can get to that sustainability. So thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. All right, guys. So we are coming 
coming up on the end here. But before we do, as you both know, because you are uh, not only two of my biggest supporters in life and business and what I'm doing, but you are avid listeners of the podcast as well. Um, You know that we always do championship mindset training right at the end of every episode. And so I would love to hear from each of you. If you could each give us just one, one element that you feel like some championship mindset training, Brennan around sustainability and Andy around preparation that we can do as listeners on this podcast to help build the mindset of sustainability, the mindset of preparation and start to weave that into our own lives. So Brendan, what do you have for us? First of all, I've listened to every one of your episodes and love it. And it definitely, uh, I, I try to listen to it as soon as it comes out, usually on Mondays, at least this season. And so it helps. It's a great start to the week. So I listen to your podcast before I even get my week started from a business perspective. I I appreciate Um, that plug. I have to say one thing. This is hilarious. So I get a text one day from Brennan and he's like, oh, you guys got new Sonos speakers. That's sweet. I can't wait for the game. They were, you're coming up for a football game. And I was like, how'd you know we got Sonos speakers? And you're like, oh, well, you, you talked about it on your podcast. I was like, well, I did. Oh my God. What do I say on my podcast? <laughs> like, you know, I just feel like I'm here talking to all my friends on the podcast. And then Brendan knew I had Sonos speakers. So, uh, no, Brendan, and all of that to say though, th- thanks for your support. You, you are, uh, you're awesome. And I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question, I'm, I'm not great at giving others, um, advice, especially on an unsolicited basis. Um, <laughs> but my recommended mindset training as it pertains to sustainability, and ultimately, long-term success is just, you know, as the week progresses to think about your behaviors and since and think about your mindset and identify any potential barriers for, you know, that's getting in the way in terms of what your goals are, what your long-term vision is, and figure out a way to change it, you know. And so think about the long-term, think about what's sustainable, you know, in terms of your, your vision and your goals and who you want to be. And if there's any barriers to that, you know, figure a way to fix it. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that, right? Like how do we how do we change any behaviors or mindsets that we have that are potentially undermining our ability to build sustainability in our lives and our business and our relationships and our families? Man, that's awesome. Thank you so much. All right, Mr. Tewitt, what you got? Uh, I think I'll follow Brendan's sentiment a little bit. Not the best <laughs> giving advice, but I'll try, uh, you know, just, just prepare. Uh, prepare as best you can every day. And, you know, the more preparation you do, the more prepared, more ready you'll be, you know, and just prepare to be great. And if you can do that, that's the one thing I try to think about is like, if I can prepare to be great and I do the things I need to do beforehand, I should be able to execute in the moment and I should be able to have success for my company, for my family and uh, visualize it and then go execute it and prepare to be great and get those things out of the way that don't allow you to be great. I love it. You know, in one of the previous episodes here this season, we just talked about how like, you know, in the process of accomplishing your goals, you you become somebody, right? And I think that preparation doesn't always lead us to the outcomes that we want 100% of the time. But if we build that discipline of preparation into our lives, man, it helps us become a more prepared person, a more res- like respectful person of other people's time, of the of opportunities and moments that that we might get. And so just the, 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 
practice of preparation in your life, I think allows us to become a more grounded, thoughtful, present, um, human being and therefore high performer. So I, I think that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And anytime you talk about great being great and making greatness it gets me jacked up. So that's awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you so, so much uh, for being with me today, but more so being with me over the last 10 years. I can't wait to see what the next 10 has in store for all of us individually, for all of our families collectively. You guys both have beautiful families that Aaron and I are so blessed to know and, and be in lives of. And again, can't just, can't wait to see how that continues to grow and unfold over the next 10 years. So um, thank you to everybody for tuning in today. You've been listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. Again, please reach out to, uh, to me directly, Dr. Selking at selkingperformance.com. If there's any way that we can come alongside of you through keynote speaking, uh, through one of our high performance coaches that we have on staff here, or uh, again, just looking for, for other resources. You can find a lot of those on all of our social handles. We're on Twitter at Champ Mindsets, on Instagram at Selking Performance on Facebook at Selking Performance Group. And then just rate and review the podcast too. That's always helpful as we're trying to get sponsors out there. Um, and again, if you are interested in joining us on sponsorship, again, just hit me an email, drselking at selkingperformance.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I th- hope you have an awesome week. Build in that mindset of sustainability and preparation. And again, you've been listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking. And from the locker room to the boardroom, I just want to challenge you to continue building your championship mindset. 